Do you want to run it over, run, a bit, run this back? Let's start over. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Do it. let's start over. <laughs> All right. Uh, take two. Welcome to episode 32 of All the Small Takes, uh, Small Takes podcast. We're here on a Monday night in the beautiful, perfect month of October that I know John and Cooper are just as excited about me for the long-awaited arrival of playoff baseball. Guys, I can feel your energy. How excited are you and how are you doing tonight? I'd be way more excited if I had cable to watch the playoff baseball, but I'm sure I'll enjoy it vicariously. But I love watching the Dodgers lose and watching the Phillies finally be done with their season. So I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I'm excited <laughs> for you. I think that's about it. Aww. I didn't even know playoff baseball was happening. That's like the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Until you told me before we went on air. But I'm excited for you. I'm happy that you're going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cooper... We're going to get to this here in a little bit, but Cooper is a savant when it comes to picking playoff baseball. Even though well, I know absolutely nothing about the sport. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate your support. That means a lot to me. Yep, means you're a lot. welcome. Anytime. So before we get into baseball and college football and some NFL, you can find us on Twitter at Small Takes, Instagram, Small underscore Takes, Facebook, all the Small Takes, and G- gmail all the small takes at gmail.com also check out our website smalltakes.com where there is a brand new soccer podcast featuring john your brother-in-law my brother-in-law yes yes he's uh he's a big soccer fan uh also a big cleveland indians fan shout out to the indians i will be rooting for them this mm. postseason i'm um, sorry but mm. they're gonna win the world series with any luck I don't even know if they need luck. They are they are probably, yeah, probably not. They're probably, <laughs> They're the favorite, really probably the favorites out of the American League. Um, but yeah, the soccer podcast uh, is up first episode, and we actually were we were joking before we came on and listening to it how happy they sounded when they were recording their first ever episode. And we did some soul searching as a result of that, and realized realized that we've we've maybe gotten a bit jaded over the last thirty one episodes. Yeah, they remind me of the younger me, a <laughs> uh, me from. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to try to channel some of their positive energy, some of their good vibes, because that's what we're about here at the Small Takes, is good vibes. So we'll jump right in to, uh, I, I mandated that we talked about playoff baseball this week for at least two to three minutes. And so John reminded us that we, I think this is the last time we spoke at length about baseball, was the very beginning of the season when we gave our division winners. So, <laughs> so it's, been, it's been six months. It's good to have baseball back in the program. Uh, John, you wanted to call out a couple of uh, predictions from our crew that were, were maybe a little off base, pun intended. Yeah, pretty bad. That's, that's bad pun, but also bad predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to... Oh, are, <laughs> are we talking about the predictions? predictions? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah you, you brought them up. Yeah, okay. Well, you guys both so, picked the Mets, and that was awful, like I told you at the time. The Mets were never winning the National League East, and they proved it in stunning fashion. Yeah, the Mets are garbage, which is great. I mean, that's just how you know everything's right in the world when the Mets are terrible. Um, but the Nats, the Nats made it out like I picked. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we all picked the Cubs to win the division. Actually, I don't think you did, Jeff. I thought I you were not, talking about that. I, I, like I would like to think I was a little half right because I said that they might experience the World Series hangover, which they did for probably the first 100 games of the season before winning the division. But not in, I mean, they were playing for the division crowd up until the last week of the year, which is, I don't think what anybody expected out of them with the talent they have on that team. Um, John, you also picked the Orioles 
out of the American League East. I did, which is which was kind of like a sexy pick at the beginning of the season, and it hung around like that for a little while, but then it quickly uh, quickly dropped off right mm-hmm. there in the second half of the season. But I mean, um, like you, I feel good about that pick um, because it was a good pick for a while, and a lot of people were surprised about it. So, uh, Cooper, I feel much better about my Diamondbacks pick, though, which I don't think anyone else had saw mm-hmm, coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you picked them to win the West, but. I mean, they didn't win the West, but they're going to play in the wild card game, which is, uh, I think, more than other people would have said. Anyway, Cooper, did you have any? I can't even remember what you picked. I have no idea who I picked. <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember at all. Oh, you picked the Mariners out of the I AL remember West, picking I the Mariners, and that's a, I think I picked the Sox, the Red Sox. Yep, good, good, good choice. I think I picked the Cubs. Yeah, I think we all picked the Indians, too. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's good to have baseball back on the podcast again. Let's do quickly our wild card winners, since those will be as we're recording this tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, and Wednesday night, the American and National League wild card games. Yankees, Twins, who are another surprising team. I don't think anyone saw the Twins coming. We'll just do kind of gut reactions, go around quickly. Cooper, who wins that game? Pass. That John, option? who wins that game? Uh, yeah, sure. Yankees are horrible. Uh, they're they're a bad baseball team. Um, but also, uh, there's a there's a very dedicated listener to the podcast from uh, Minnesota. Well, actually, he's in Iowa right now. Ooh. But oh, is he from Minnesota? He's from uh, well, no, he's from South Dakota, but it's pretty close oh, to Minnesota. Yeah, that's, um, that's that's up there, up there near Minnesota. Yeah, it's up there. So uh, nice and friendly. Yeah, we'll take take the twins. Take the twins there. Okay, yeah, you're both wrong. The Yankees are, as a fan of a team who could potentially face them, uh, the Yankees are terrifying as a wildcard team. Uh, let's do the National League game quickly. And we'll just do one word on this. So your instant reactions, Diamondbacks, Rockies, John. Um, so talk about instant reactions. I heard the second half of the second word. Could you repeat everything you just said? <laughs> Pick Diamondbacks, Rockies, your instant reaction, John. Oh, Diamondbacks, easy. Okay. Cooper, what about you? Yeah, I'm going Diamondbacks as well. And I also love how I slipped by with a pass in the previous one. Um, yeah. I'm going to pick the Yankees. I'll cement that pick. Okay, right. lock it in. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Rockies in this, uh, this wildcard game. I went with them on the baseball podcast, which we recorded last night. Uh, just have a good feeling. I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm buying in on Rocktober. I'm buying stock. All right, let's move on to the podcast's favorite sport, undoubtedly, and that is college football. Quickly to recap, last week's pick six, our records, I went 2-2-1, two, two, and one, Cooper went 1-3-1, and one, John went 3-1-1, one, and one. and the reason we have the tie is Saquon Barkley and Indiana scored the same amount of touchdowns. They both scored two, so we had a push there. So John continues to dominate the pick six. And Cooper I continue continues to, to flounder. Yeah. But hey, we're going to be more positive. We, said, we told ourselves we were working on this. <laughs> Happy thoughts. Is Bear still there, Cooper? We have a guest in the studio tonight. Yeah, he's just chilling, looking outside the window. I don't know what he's doing. He's <laughs> anyway. clearly not entertained. All right. He's <laughs> anyway, just waiting for the, the existential dread, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Bear. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, all right, let's do our pick six for the week. We've got six uh, predictions to make, some straight-up picks, some picks against the spread. We'll start in the ACC with Louisville at North Carolina State, two four-and-one teams. North Carolina State. A surprising four-on-one team. Uh, Cooper, who do you like in this game? Louisville. Why not? Mm. 
Lamar rolling with the yeah, Heisman candidate. What's this? What's this? Lavar Lamar. What's the spread in this game? Two and a half. Ooh. Louisville. Two and a half. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll stick with Louisville. John, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Louisville too. NC State got a quote-unquote big win against Florida State, but th- that was James Blackman's I think first full game as a starter, and Florida State does not look like the team they were last year or the year before that. So I'll take Louisville to kind of expose NC State. I'll take NC State, and I'm also going to propose a change to the way we do things here at <laughs> for the sake of uh, fairness. For the next, we'll rotate who goes first. So for the next pick, I'll go first, um, and then we'll we'll, route, we'll we'll rotate around. I'll go last. It's pr- All right. Um, but no, I like NC State. I think they look really good. I think their defense is is one of the sneaky best in the country. Um, uh, who they play this past weekend? I know they got the win. I don't know who they played. Anyway, Miami. great research. They, they lost Miami. to Miami. No, Miami played weekend? Duke. You know, did Miami play Duke? <laughs> Hold on, uh, check Google. Excellent. Excellent Excellent podcast. Yeah, give me a second. Syracuse, they beat Syracuse. Ah, I lost to to Miami last the week before last. True. Okay, Uh, let's do the next game. Speaking of Miami, uh, Miami at Florida State. I will take Miami in this game. Um, I think Florida State is not very good at all. That freshman quarterback is getting more experienced, but I don't think. He's anything near the level of DeAndre Francois. Um, I think Miami is actually pretty good, and I like the Hurricanes. Cooper, picking Miami as well. I don't believe in Florida State. All right, I'm going to pick Miami also because I don't believe in Florida State. Um, <clears throat> but also, Miami might be pretty good, but hopefully not good enough to beat Notre Dame. But hopefully, good enough that they're still a one-loss team. Yes. <laughs> A careful balance there, as we found out with uh, USC this past weekend. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. West Virginia at TCU. Another matchup of four and one teams. Uh, do I go first John. now? I go first. John, John, John goes first. Take you know, adjust to this new format. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I don't know. This is a confusing game to me because West Virginia is not really in the Big 12, but somehow they're in the Big 12. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched really any Big 12 football this year. I watched Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, but neither one of those teams are playing. Um, I want West Virginia to win, but I feel like they disappoint me a lot. Uh, but I also feel like TC is not a good team at all, so I'll take West Virginia. Mm. On the road. Cooper, what about you? Or do I go now? You go. You go. And Cooper goes last. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this new format is breaking my brain. Uh, <laughs> I like TCU. I think Oklahoma State is actually a pretty good team, a very good team. And for TCU to, uh, to beat them early on in the season, I thought was an impressive win. I also don't believe in West Virginia uh, as much as I would like to because I really do like Dana Holgerson. But I'll take the Horned Frogs. Cooper, what about you? West Virginia. Uh, Will Greer, I think is how you say his name. Has to be one of the coolest quarterbacks in the country. Uh, His hair is awesome. And he's one of those awkward, like, lanky quarterbacks. He's still pretty athletic. I don't know if they'll beat TCU, but I'm going to pick him because I like Will Greer. Will Greer is awesome. You're, You're making me regret my pick a little bit. I feel really bad about my pick. Looking at the looking at their schedule, oh man! All right, whatever. They're both actually pretty bad teams, so we'll see. Booker <laughs> has a baby daughter too. Just as a side note, mm-hmm. yep. he's a former former Gator, right? Yep. Uh, all right, let's move to some picks against the spread. Uh, some big spreads here going up against this week. We'll start off with Alabama, who seemingly cannot have a spread set high enough for them, <laughs> but they are twenty six and a half at Texas A and M this weekend. Cooper, 
What do you think here? Alabama. And the points? Okay, okay. to be yeah. clear, you are taking Alabama plus 26. No, minus, minus 26. We continue to fail gonna, like gambling. Yeah, they're going to beat Texas A&M by more than they're 26 beat, and a half points. Okay. feel pretty good about that one. Jeff? John, you seem dubious. Uh, it's me. Uh, yeah. God, yeah, you can't. How do you? Uh, how do you not pick Alabama at this point? And that spread actually seems too low, if that's even possible. So I'll take Alabama and the points. All right, I'll do Texas A&M. Um, nah, see now you know how it feels. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, think, I'm thinking about it, and I was on the fence, and I don't know. Twenty twenty-seven points feels like a lot, but it's it's four touchdowns, and it's when you're playing a team that's really good and really disciplined, it's easy for that to get away from you. But I feel like they just Texas won 66 to three this past weekend. Oh, 66. Yeah. To Ole, Miss, Ole Miss is garbage. They're starting a kid who, who started playing halfway through last season. He was basically, he was in Sam Darnold situation, but nowhere near as talented as Sam Darnold and does not have anywhere near as good a team with him. And he got like obliterated. Um, I knew I would, I knew I would trigger you by saying that just as an FYI. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, but I think I, I think uh, Texas A&M likes the last second stuff, and so I feel like they might be able to reel back a few of these points in the fourth quarter. That's true. The garbage uh, time potential in, in any kind of high spread game is always Gary. Um, so another high spread game, the second to last one we'll do here: Ohio State at Maryland, favored by thirty-two, which is another one that seems uh, incredibly high. Uh, should I go first? Is that how this works? Have you got the last yeah, last yeah. I don't oh, know. By the way, the game is at Ohio State. Correction. Yes. Yeah. Correction. Uh, I'll take Maryland. Uh, okay. I think 32 points is high, and I think Ohio State's offense could have one of those very like inconsistent Ohio State offense days where they, I mean, they're going to win. Don't get me wrong. They're going to win handily, but 32 is a lot. Like the Terps. Oh, does this yeah, mean I'm up? I'm so confused. That's Who's on first? On. You just go. We're, we're just playing here. All right. I don't know. Well, shouldn't it have gone first? Anyways, I'm gonna take Maryland as well. I think four touchdowns is more realistic. I also, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure this is a game where JT Barrett, uh, like, you know, doesn't play the second half. Like, I, Maryland's kind of a sneaky good team. Like, they beat Texas. DJ DJ Jerkins a good coach. They don't have the talent to play with Ohio State, but I don't see this game being. A game where Ohio State's second and third teamers get a lot of PT, uh, so I'll take Maryland. Okay, I'm I'm conflicted because Maryland got the snot kicked out of them by UCF. They lost by yes. 28, and that was at home. And I feel like if you can lose by 28 to UCF, you can certainly lose by 32 to Ohio State. But I'm not That's sure I trust game. Ohio State's offense enough. Uh, what time is this game happening? This is happening at four o'clock. Um, big, big factor. What time is the? Well, it, is the not, it is a big factor. It's not a noon kickoff, which is yeah. You know, I agree. I think, yeah, I think if it's a noon kickoff, I think Ohio State's going to roll them. But if it's a night game, I think Maryland comes a little bit more hyped. Um, so yeah, I'll take Maryland. Oh, all right. Okay, let's do our last pick six, and we're going to throw a little change up here. And so this weekend. Uh, John's fiance's sister. There we go. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> She's getting married. Uh, and so we've done this at the past few weddings we've gone to where we set a line on uh, the over-under for the length of the ceremony. And so we're going to do that here. We don't have an over-under set yet, so we're going to discuss what the over-under should be. 
um, and then we're gonna we're gonna take our side on it. So, John, you being uh, the one who's familiar with the most familiar with the situation, I'd like you to weigh in first. Where do you think this line should be set, and why? Okay, right. So standard Catholic mass uh, betting wise, you're going to go with 60 minutes. That's going to be the it's going to be the over under mark. Um, maybe maybe 59, maybe 58, just depending on your parish. But generally, generally, the market's going to give you 60 minutes. Um, on top, okay, so it's a wedding. So we'll, on top of the normal Catholic mass part, we do have the exchange of consent and vows, and you know whatever other little things you want to do in there. So I'm going to say that's probably going to add. Uh, between five and seven minutes to the ceremony. Yeah, it's like playing on the road. It's like playing on the road. It's playing on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So five and seven minutes, that brings us up to 67. Um, and then I think also tendency for a little more music in this mass, and that's going to add about two to three minutes. It's like playing, um, playing in inclement weather. It's like inclement right. weather. Yeah, yeah. And then they're doing a couple of traditions you wouldn't see, like we wouldn't have seen at your wedding or at Cooper's wedding or at my wedding because uh caitlin's sister's fiance <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't work that out uh, is um is is from mexico city and his, his family is is from mexico and so they have they, they have different traditions in their wedding liturgy so i think we could add maybe another two to three minutes for that so i think 71 to 73 is a pretty good over under mm. somewhere in that range hi that's high. Are we are we sure they're good? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like the, the other thing we're not taking into account is the homily, and like, and so the priest here yeah, so, is he's a bit yeah. of a wild card. He's a young guy, so young priests tend to lend themselves to well, young, relatively speaking, uh, for a priest, um, they tend so to lend like themselves. 50s. Yeah, like I think, right, I think he's skating right under, uh, right under fifty. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so like, you know, they tend to be, they tend to have faster homilies, but he's also a bit more of a charismatic guy. And so, you know, they can, they can get away with longer homilies, but they feel shorter. So he sounds, it's almost like a Jameis Winston type or like a Marcus Mariota. Do you, yeah, do you really like a, know what you're getting when you're, when you bet on a team, like a, the Bucks or the Titans, like the Titans, people said they were going to win. People pegged them as the, the AFC South winners and they just got smoked this past weekend by uh, Texas or the, yeah. the Texans. Yeah, I mean, you compare that with like I think your run-of-the-mill Dominican, which is a little more you know firepower-based, sort of like a Deshaun Watson, um, a little more of a dual threat in terms of mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. maybe, maybe walk around a bit. And they, then the Jesuits are just complete wild cards. You really don't know what's going to show up. Week I'm week. so confused as to what you guys are talking. Yeah, about. I'm, a, I'm a little <laughs> lost now too. So let's, all right, let's let's settle on a let's settle on a number. I think uh, seventy and a half. Seventy and a half. Right. Yep. All right. All right, so John, and, and the other wild card in this is the fact that John, uh, we could have some some point shaving or some some improper. <laughs> no, John can't bet. We already decided this. John's doing the first reading. I'm doing the first reading. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so I could I could totally see John up there, like, really slowing down and like enunciating. Maybe just adding another reading onto the first reading. So you get two readings. <laughs> Just depending on how things are going, you know. Taking a really slow stroll up to the uh, up to the altar. Yeah, nice long bow. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's do this quickly because we're already running long. Uh, Seventy and a half. Cooper. Cooper. All right, yeah. Over, just, I have a quick question. Uh, not to extend this any longer than it should be. Uh, since seventy and a half is actually like feasible as a number, what happens if I just take seventy and a half? You don't do get I any lots of money. Yeah. 
You don't get anything. Because I feel like that the winnings for that should be pretty significant. No, you don't get anything. You could do seventy. You could do seventy minutes, thirty-one seconds, if you want. Mm -hmm. Also, we're going to be using a uh, we're going to be using a, t a hundredth of a second clock. Is it an, so. is it an air conditioned church? It is. It is recently <laughs> um, recently indoors. renovated. Recently renovated. Wearing indoors, you have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. Could be snowing, or it could be raining rather, not snowing. Okay. Could have rain. But if you're by the dome, the dome Whoa, factor. Wait, repeat the weather for me. It's going to be cold with rain. Maybe oh. a bit of wind. Over. Oh, all right. Uh, I'll take the under. I'm gonna go over. I'll take the under. <laughs> I'm gonna go okay. over. There's no way this mess goes under. It don't matter here. <laughs> all right. So it's so gonna be clear. Cooper, Cooper took the under. John and I are are, are hitting the over. Are you gonna? Right, be we might. The official timekeeper, Jeff. Yeah, I'll, I can do that. I was just gonna suggest that maybe we do some live tweeting from the Small Takes right. account on Saturday. Maybe not during mass. It's generally frowned upon. But I mean, if you uh... want to do it. Might okay. be, might be, uh, might be for the confessional the week after. You know. Is it also frowned upon to hand out uh, stickers and merch uh, to no. the congregants? We should definitely do that. We should print stuff. All up. the small takes business cards. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need at the very least business cards. Yeah, we so, won't hand them out. We'll just we'll make sure they're in the pews before everyone gets there. So they just think they're <laughs> part of the program. Slip them in the programs. Is it a no, multi-page no, program? Nothing too overt. Nothing too overt. Just have them there, like you know, oh the parishioners like this podcast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like right near the envelopes at the end of the pews for the donations. Yeah, yeah, we'll put them in there. <laughs> and we'll put a, we'll put a Venmo. And we'll put our Venmo on there. <laughs> or we can even make them envelopes. Like we'll accept donations. Oh gosh, this is getting like close to fraud or something. <laughs> John, Caitlin's not going to let you do the podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, she will not. No, I will be the banned. Church, the oh, church uh huh. Yeah, we are. We're officially sponsored by uh, the church. The bachelors. I don't know. I don't know if we can say that. Uh, all right, that's enough. Probably not. <laughs> so we'll, we'll check back in next week on the wedding stuff. All right, so. We're going to go through the rest of uh, the college football stuff very quickly because we've run long. We do our Heisman hype train. We didn't add anyone to the Heisman hype train this week. Thank, Thank God. Thank God. Technically, we did, but, you know, nah. Bryce Love wasn't on we did, we last did. week. True. And I, hand up, I did not know who Bryce Love was, as was pointed out. Well, because it looks like John just edited Kalen Newton's name out of the poll and put in Bryce Love. Yeah, so he was the quarterback. Exactly what I did. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I'm sorry. I, I, got I got confused. So this is a little skewed, but our Heisman hype channel, we'll just do our top six, is Saquon Barkley as the consensus number one. I don't think there's any disputing that. Well, we all voted him up there, so there's no disputing. <laughs> that is what, you, that is, that's what, what consensus, consensus means. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, Baker Mayfield, number two. Lamar Jackson, Number three, Josh Adams sneaking up at number four after a big week uh, for the Notre Dame running back. I know John was excited to see that. I love Josh Adams. If he, if he gets an invite to New York. I'm going to be so mad if he gets an invite to New York because John called yeah. that like before the season even started and I thought it was the most ridiculous that, like, thing our third I've ever episode. heard. Yeah. I did. Uh, Speaking of invites, though, anyway. Kate and I might need to send him one to, uh, to Biloxi, you know, to the wedding. I, I hadn't thought about that. It was a bit of an oversight on my part. Is one of us getting bounced as the as a groomsman <laughs> for Josh Adams? Ooh, I don't know. We'll have to see. 
Uh, uh, all right, number five was Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State, and number six was Bryce Love, the running back from Stanford, who I just realized existed uh, 45 minutes ago. So hand up, I screw that up, but I think these rankings are. I think these rankings are actually pretty. Uh, I, I'm I don't have any real qualms or issues. Yeah, this might be the most like realistic thing we do on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so the second part of our uh, the poll that John sends out is uh, Final Four. So who would be in the college football playoff today? Clemson was our number one. Um, and what does it say here? Clemson has the largest lead in a poll since Alabama going into the second week of the season. So yeah. Clemson, so we think Clemson is um, pretty solidly the best team. But Alabama is right behind them, followed by Oklahoma, Penn State, and just out of the top four is Georgia, um, who's God, that Notre Dame loss to Georgia is looking better and better. Uh, I think Georgia's for real. Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, they should be for real at least until their last, until their game in Atlanta uh, for the SEC championship, and then we'll find out. Right, right. Okay, any issues with the Final Four? Uh, Cooper is the only one to be holding on to Alabama as the number one team, and so he's skewing these rankings a bit. He also sent Clemson down to third, I think. I did. Ooh. On purpose. Yeah, so... Yeah. No, I didn't do that on purpose. I think oh, so you Alabama just did it by is, random. You Alabama's the best rankings. team uh, by the eye test. Oklahoma has the best win. Uh, Clemson uh, comes in after that because they have a couple of good wins. I don't like. We don't know how good Louisville is, so I really don't think Virginia Tech's that great. So yeah, I feel fine about my rankings. I thought I think these also similar to the hype train are kind of taking shape in a little more uh, a little more true to form manner. So. We'll continue to update this and the hype train week after week. But let's do, we said earlier that we had uh, callers on the line. We've only got time tonight for one call. Um, but this is someone who I know has been dying to get on the small takes. Uh, we've been, they've, they've been calling each week. And so we really want to get them some airtime. So we've got on the line live, John, uh, a longtime listener from uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Is that right, John? John, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm in Bloomington. And my Wi-Fi is actually working this week, so this is great. See, that's that's funny because our our host John here on the Swall Takes has terrible Wi-Fi, so maybe you can talk to him about uh, who your provider is and, and maybe swap some information. But John, we hear you're a big a big Notre Dame fan, been a Notre Dame fan for life, grew up watching the Irish, and so uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Irish season so far. Uh, what's been your biggest surprise and uh, the maybe the the biggest uh, weakness or something you're concerned about with the Irish? Yeah. Well, just to clarify, I became a Notre Dame fan in 2007 um, when my older sister went to Notre Dame. Uh, worst season in Notre Dame history, so definitely not a bandwagon, just so everyone's aware. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most, actually, about Notre Dame season um, is a combination of the intensity of the defense playing and Brandon Wimbush's inability to complete a pass. Um, that's normally not something you see from a Brian Kelly coached quarterback. That's generally something you can count on. Um, we think about the great ones like Tommy Rees and you know Kaiser and Golson and yeah. Zaire. Even if it was to the other team, the Notre Dame grid, they had no problem <laughs> competing, completing a pass. Um, but you know, Wimbush isn't throwing a ton of interceptions, but he's also not throwing a lot of passes to his guys. So that's different. And I think just what Mike Elko has done to the defense has been amazing and shows you what happens when, number one, Brian Kelly stops being an offensive-minded coach and starts becoming like a real head coach where he cares about all of his guys. Um, and then also what happens when you get someone who actually knows how to coach college kids to coach a defense. Um, we have the 
The defense really hasn't changed at all from last year. We have a couple new guys, but it's amazing the difference. Uh, all right. With the USC loss this past weekend to Washington State, the mashup here in three weeks in South Bend gets a little less hyped, and consequently Notre Dame's schedule gets a little uh, little less. They, they lose a marquee game or some of, part of a marquee game. If Notre Dame wins out, John, are they in the playoff? Um, I'm going to say yes. Um, but okay, I'm going to say yes because I want to. Uh, I think it's okay to err on the side of Notre Dame controlling their own destiny at this point because I do think they have some good games left in the season. Um, I think in in reality they need so they need someone on their schedule to either win or beat win a con win a conference championship or be in a conference championship game, which you could get USC, Miami, maybe North Carolina State, one of those one of those three, maybe in some weird twist of fate Michigan State slides into the big, I don't know weird things happen it weird things happen in the Big Ten championship race at the end of the year I think we know that. Um, so maybe they start playing like a real f- football team and they get in there. Best case scenario, Notre Dame has wins over the Big Ten um, and the Pac-12 champion, and they have a loss to the SEC champion. Um, and I think in that best case scenario, there's no way we miss the playoff. Yeah, just one quick question for you, John. Um, if Notre Dame were to rematch uh, Georgia at an actual home game, do you think Notre Dame would win? Uh, d- sorry, whose home game? Uh, Notre Dame's home game. Actually, so, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I don't know why I asked that. It doesn't matter because the Notre Dame alumni are just going to sell their tickets again because they're sellouts. I mean, and there are people that are complaining about, oh, like, oh, the team's not doing well. Oh, oh, there's no home field advantage. Oh, my gosh, they put in a jumbotron. Oh, man, they put in turf. It's like if you care about the team, show up and cheer on the team. Don't be a jerk and sell your tickets for like $7,000 and then go off and watch the game at home and then complain that the team loses by one point. I mean, crowd noise is probably enough to get one point back, I think. And having an actual home field advantage is probably worth one point. Is that the most embarrassed you have been as a Notre Dame fan? No, the most embarrassed I've been as a Notre Dame fan is when the Notre Dame student body booed uh, their starting quarterback on a regular basis. I mean, I think regardless of whether or not he's one of the greatest, he was a student and he was not playing badly and he was playing the best he could. And the but team never would happen under Holtz. Never would happen under Holtz. Uh-uh. Or Frank. Uh, all right, John, we appreciate your time. One last question before we let you go. Is Notre Dame back? Uh, Notre Dame never left after they won the 2012 title. So after they, sorry, I just said they won the 2012 title. <laughs> Definitely did not. Um, but I think Notre Dame's been consistently talked mind, about in preseason polls <laughs> since then, and I think that just demonstrates that we're we. At 2012 was a point where the the team came back in the national discussion. I think we're totally editing right. out everything you said after Notre Dame won the 2012 title because that was yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, John. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, that was good. We're gonna we're gonna make time for some more callers next week, but we are a little crunch for time. Really quickly, do we haven't talked about any NFL on this podcast basically since week one? We do care about the NFL. We are NFL fans, so we want to give it some love here. We have a segment we used to do, or we've done in the past, called "One Up, One Down," and it's basically just. Uh, one thing that's up, one thing that's down. <laughs> Self-explanatory. It's the quarter, the quarter mark of the NFL season, and so at this point, it's a good time to take stock. 
we're going to do one up, one down, and let's all do our downs first and then finish on a happy note. So we'll start with John. What is your uh, one down for the NFL quarter of the way through the year? Um, my one down for the NFL is doing nothing about player safety. Um, they still, some people still seem to think that you can legislate it away with referees making calls. It's ridiculous. You're not going to do that. You have to fundamentally change how the game is played. I think that involves taking away some of the safety gear to force players to take accountability for what they're doing to themselves, um, as well as to the people they're hitting. Um, no one should feel like they can just spear another player with their helmet. That's insane. Also, I think the product on the field is suffering a lot because the team just the teams just kind of look really bad. Cooper, yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of teams that look really bad, uh, the Cleveland Browns are down, mm. um, which is super depressing because John and I both agreed that Cleveland wasn't going to be Cleveland this year. Uh, There's a different kind of Cleveland. Cleveland. They're still very much Cleveland. Still very much. when the when the Bengals, you know, destroy your team at home, you're still Cleveland. <laughs> They are who we thought they were. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it looks so promising. Week one, they gave the Steelers a, a little bit of a tough game. They've they've fully browned themselves. Uh, my down is the New England Patriots, <laughs> specifically the New England defense, which has been abysmal. Uh, yesterday, they lost to Carolina, and their defense, uh, specifically their secondary defense, single handedly cost them the game, um, which is uncharacteristic of recent Patriots teams who have had really good uh, defenses um, and really good secondary defenses in particular. And they went out and signed Stefan Gilmore from Buffalo and gave him a huge contract. He was supposed to be uh, the second cornerback to pair with Malcolm Butler. And he had three separate crippling penalties yesterday against the Panthers, including one that ended up ultimately resulting in the game winning field goal for Carolina. So Pat's defense down, but I still trust in Bill and Tom. Let's do our ups. Uh, I'll do mine really quickly. The LA Rams. I think I've surprised everyone. Uh, three and one under uh, new head coach Sean McVay, youngest coach in the NFL. And I think they've thoroughly proved that Jeff Fisher was uh, holding the team back in a lot of ways because went from being one of the worst in football to this year I think they have the highest scoring offense in the NFL. It's just really shocking. Who would have uh, thunk? Not at all. <laughs> Jared Goff, too. I mean, everyone was quick to write him off last year, and uh, he's now looking like a very competent quarterback. And I think that team, uh, I don't think it's a fluke. I think they're the real deal. So Rams are up. John, what about you? Quick shout-out to Matthias Farley for getting his first career interception uh, last night against the Seahawks. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty good. Tip trail. Um, But also, I think my one-up is – uh, the Eagles, um, I think they've been playing a lot like how we kind of envisioned they would under Doug Peterson, which is a kind of conservative offense that gets the job done and very much in the Andy Reid style and couple it with a defense um, that is punishing and crazy. So we're running, which is great for now. We'll see. Yeah, if it's truly the Andy Reid style, <laughs> the clock management will catch up to them eventually. The goal is to never uh, get to that point. Cooper. <laughs> Right, yeah, sorry, really quickly, uh, since John is just, you know, shamelessly plugging Notre Dame players. Um, I'm going to do – I still am going to do Deshaun Watson, but first Malik Hooker at his third interception, which is uh, now tied for the NFL lead, uh, rookie for the Colts, played for the Buckeyes. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, Deshaun Watson's my real up because I said when we were doing our – tuning my own horn a little bit, uh, when we were doing our mock draft – 
whatever we ended up calling that dumb name thing. Um, point zero point one or what? I forget what it's called. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Okay. I said that Deshaun Watson was the best quarterback in the draft uh, class. I still think he is. He's kind of showing it. Um, he looked really good this past weekend, and I think everyone in the league should, you know, probably be a little scared of the Texans now. Uh, with that great defense, they actually have a pretty good core of wide receivers, and if they can get a quarterback who's even above average, that's a very scary football team. John, I was waiting for you to do it, but since you you didn't, I will shout out Will Fuller. Yeah. Since we're plugging Notre Dame alums, uh, all right, we'll do wasted data. We'll start with John. As John again, okay, my wasted. <laughs> yeah, my wasted data is uh, is a shout out to a video I found found a couple that a friend of mine showed me a couple weeks ago after the Georgia game. It's an SEC short. If you Google SEC short Georgia Notre Dame, you'll find it. Um, the joke is it's a riff on Rudy where all the Georgia fan, all the Notre Dame fans are turning in their tickets so that they can let Georgia fans take them instead. Um, uh, it's funny cause it's true. Uh, and the alumni need to start acting like they're alumni. Man. Yeah. I knew you agreed with our caller on basically everything. Um, so <laughs> John answers his phone. Uh, Cooper, what about you? You're wasting data. Uh, I was going to try and be positive. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to go negative a little bit here. Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't even know how many games we are into the Premier League season. At least five. I think it might be six. Anyways, Crystal Palace uh, has not managed a single goal uh, in the Premier League so far. They got crushed or nothing by Manchester United this past weekend. Uh, they look pretty bad. Oh, wait. Sorry. Seven games played. <laughs> Zero goals. 17 given up. It's not very I don't good. know Crystal soccer. Palace. Oh, that doesn't seem good. No, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's an interesting strategy. Uh, my waste of data is Michael Beasley. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but I, I had to chuckle at it. He said he is, quote, as talented as LeBron or KD. That's Michael Beasley. Shout out Kansas State Wildcats. Um, that's yeah, probably I don't why know LeBron stopped uh, giving him contracts, basically. Because they did that for a couple of seasons on the Heat. Because uh, he knew that he would eventually dethrone LeBron. Yeah, surpass him. Yeah, he didn't want that. So he's not giving him a contract. Uh, Just like James Jones. Michael. Yeah. And Mike Miller. Yeah. And all those, all those like, guys LeBron used to turn around. <laughs> Does D-Wade count as one of those now? Oh, yeah, D-Wade is D-Wade's the, yeah. the one, only one that's still hanging on. Uh Anyway, Michael Beasley made me laugh on a Monday, and I needed that. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 32 of All the Small Takes. Check us out on social media. Check us out at smalltakes.com. Listen to the new soccer podcast. should be out on iTunes fairly soon, but if you want to hear it sooner, go to the website. It's out there right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. We're at 14 reviews. We're so close to 15. So we'll be back next week. Don't.